Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Having trained more than 24,000 vets. Helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura. Answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. morning it's october 9th thanks for tuning in and letting us be part of your saturday morning i'm will bangura and you're listening to pet talk today here on 1100 kfnx where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m do you have a crazy cat or maybe you've got an out of control dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help are you fed up with your pets just not listening Maybe you've got a bird that's bonkers. Maybe you've got a rabbit with bad habits. Maybe you've got a temperamental turtle. It doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter what kind of pet you have. I realize that most of the time we're talking about dogs, but we do talk about other issues with other pets. That's what we do here on Pet Talk today. So if you've got a question, if you've got a problem with your pet, give us a call. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you live on air and help you deal with all of your pet's nuisance behaviors. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. If you're outside of Phoenix, you can call us toll-free. That number is 866-536-1100. Yeah, give us a call. We would... uh we would absolutely love to uh, talk to you. So, yeah, today we're going to be taking your questions. Um, right now, we're also doing our Facebook live feed. Um, if you are on Facebook, you can join us, do a search for the Pet Talk Today page, Facebook page. And every Saturday, we do a live feed. So um, you can either listen and watch us on that live feed, or you can go to your AM dial at 1100 KFNX. Also, one other thing, if you have not subscribed to the Pet Talk Today podcast, please do so. Never miss an episode of the show because we upload the recordings um, and you can get onto the Pet Talk Today podcast if you've missed a show and you can share your favorite ones with, with your friends. Um, so we'll do that. Today, we're going to be talking in addition to... Um, Taking your calls. We have a couple topics. We don't know if we'll get to them or not because we never know what we're going to get as far yeah. as calls are going. But um, one of the things that we can talk about is um, problems related to the pandemic and dogs, yeah. um, if there are some. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll Maybe. talk we'll, about we'll that talk about perhaps. That. The other thing is how to introduce a new dog. So maybe you've got a dog and you've got a friend that got a dog yeah. and you want to get the two dogs together. Well, how do you do that? I think that's a great question. Or if you have a dog at home and you decide, hey, let's get a second dog. Right. And you bring that new dog into the house. How do you introduce the two dogs? So, you know, between calls or just most of the show, we can talk about those things. But we'd like to also, you know, really spend our time answering questions because that's what this show is all about. Anyway. You started talking, so let me say good morning to you. Good morning, Will. Ladies morning. and gentlemen, say hello to our co-host, Jordan Marsteller. How's it going? How's it going, it's Facebook? Pretty, I'm doing pretty good. Hopefully, <laughs> Facebook is doing well. 
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. How's your week been? Um, you know, this has been a, a pretty, a pretty good week actually. Um, I feel pretty regenerated, rejuvenated and refreshed. You know, those triple R's. It's, uh, I don't know how with all the hours you're working. Yeah. No. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about how to introduce dogs. We're going to be taking your questions. Um, if you're on Facebook and you've got a question, you can go ahead and post that in the comments section. If you're too shy to give us a call, we will uh, look at your questions and answer those as well. But first, before we do that, it's time for Pet Talk News. Good morning. Good morning. So today on Pet Talk News, we are talking about a woman who suffered significant burns while trying to save her dog from a hot spring at Yellowstone. So a woman suffered significant thermal burns from her shoulders to her feet while trying to save her dog who jumped into a hot spring at Yellowstone National Park on Tuesday. This 20-year-old woman from Washington was visiting the park. I apologize. I said on Tuesday. It was on Monday. She was visiting the park in Wyoming on Monday when she and her father exited their vehicle to look around. And and then apparently their dog jumped out of their car and ran into the Maiden's Grave Spring near the Firehole River. The woman followed the dog into the hot spring to save it, and her father pulled her out. She was taken to the burn center at Eastern Idaho Regional Medical Center after she received some initial treatment from the park rangers and local fire officials. The dog was removed from the hot spring. However, its condition is currently unknown, and park officials are currently investigating the situation. Yellowstone officials caution visitors that the ground in hydrothermal areas is fragile and thin while the scorching water lies just below this fragile surface. Yellowstone has more than 10,000 hydrothermal features, including geysers and hot springs that can be as hot as 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Everyone must remain on the boardwalks and the trails and exercise extreme caution around the thermal features. The park officials are saying this woman's burn marks uh, the, is the most second significant injury in Yellowstone National Park's uh, thermal. Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm having a little bit of a trip up here. It is the second most significant injury in Yellowstone National Park this year. A 19-year-old concessions employee from Rhode Island suffered second and third degree burns near the old Faithful Geyser last month and was also taken to the burn center. In May of last year, another woman was burned after falling into a thermal feature at Yellowstone when it was closed due to the coronavirus pandemic. So with that being said, I think that, uh, the best, the best step here is we got to get a good recall built into our dogs. No, but seriously, uh, that is a pretty serious situation, and my heart definitely goes out for her. Hopefully, her dog's okay, and hopefully, she recovers uh, pretty quickly. That's uh, that's pretty serious that she fell into into those geysers, um, you know, and that her dog ran in. And sadly, we don't know how that dog is doing. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I hope that the, I, I really do hope that the dog's doing all right. What do you think, Will? Well, yeah, anytime something like that happens, you know, our heart uh, heart goes out to yeah. to them as well. But no, seriously, I think I think in that situation specifically, a good a good recall is what you need. If you want to take your dogs into public 
uh, spaces such as Yellowstone, places, the Grand Canyon, anywhere where there's significant dangers for your dog, even just off leash anywhere. Step one, have a good recall built into your dog. Have a good recall. Your dog needs to know how to come back when called. You don't want your dog running off a cliff, running into a hot geyser, running into the woods, chasing after a bunny, who knows what. But Well, I always say that is the number one obedience command that everybody needs to have. If, if, If there's one thing that you need, if you had to pick one thing that you could train your dog to do. Yeah. The number one thing would be to come when called. Absolutely. Absolutely. That exercise is something that people should be practicing with their dogs every single day. Now, that doesn't mean you spend an hour working on recalls, but to be able to not just call your dog to you. Right. Because, you know, if it's quiet and calm and you got a cookie in your hand, that's not a big deal. I mean, what dog's not going to come to that? Right. But when you really need that recall to work for you, it's when all heck is breaking loose. When things are crazy and chaotic, you got all kinds of distractions. And what do we call distractions? They are, come on now. Oh my goodness. Competing motivators. Competing motivators. I'm, I'm just blanking this morning, Will. Competing motivators. And so our job is to learn how to be able to motivate our dogs more than the distractions in the environment. Absolutely. You need to be the most exciting thing in the world to your dog. If you let your dog get excited and happy and jacked up with all kinds of other things that don't involve you, I guarantee you're going to lose your dog's focus. If if the dogs your dog plays with, it's, if that's more fun for your dog than playing with you, then that's a problem. Yeah, it is. I'm Will Bangura, and you are listening to Pet Talk today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. We need to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors so we can keep the lights on. But when we come back, we'll be taking your calls and answering your pet behavior and training questions and talking about introducing new dogs. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages. When they come to my door I'll eat anything if it falls on the floor Now I've heard the rumors I think I better ask you I heard I might be a dog Won't somebody please tell me it ain't true Welcome back everybody, I'm Will Bangura Thanks for staying with us If you are just joining us You are listening to Pet Talk today Here on 1100 KFNX Where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. We also are live on Facebook. Uh, you can go to Facebook, check out the Pet Talk Today uh, Facebook page, and you can not only listen to us, but you can go ahead and watch us on video as well. Um, before we went to break, um, well, after break, actually, we were talking a little bit about what was going on with some of the questions on Facebook, and we've got a question um, from a Facebook uh, viewer. Jordan, do you want to go ahead yeah. and yeah, kind of talk about that? So we received a question from Chantel Bowers on Facebook. She has two Chihuahuas, and they're four years old. Last name spoken uh, about. But well, go ahead. Yeah. You know, you, it's published. <laughs> they have, she has two Chihuahuas. They're four years old, and they've been together since they were babies. The larger one has always been very needy. And then on April 2nd, 
her smaller chihuahua ginger became paralyzed paralyzed from two herniated discs in her back. She now requires a lot of attention, and it seems like the bigger chihuahua is really having a hard time and just looks miserable whenever she is trying to care for her sister. You know, her sister has to wear diapers and things like that, and so to make her feel included, she started putting diapers on the other chihuahua as well, on the older or larger chihuahua. Her question is, how does she make her dog, the larger chihuahua, feel special? Well, what was she said something about the larger one always had uh in the beginning she said something about the um larger the larger one. one has always been very needy needy yeah, yeah needy. needy so that shows you right there that um it's not just what happened to the other dog cuz stuff happens in life yeah you know different dogs are going to respond to different uh stressors very differently so this needy dog is having a really tough time one of the things if you've got a needy dog they need confidence right um, and so enrichment, get online, do a Google search for canine enrichment. But basically you want to do things that will stimulate physical and mental activity for your dog. Get your dog out. The weather is fantastic now. Now's the time to really get your dog out, exercise that dog. But, you know, one of the things you can begin to do is just like start setting up little tiny uh, obstacle courses. This could be something very, very simple, okay? You got a little dog, um, you could put a box, you know, make sure it's sturdy enough, but a little yeah. box on the ground and, and just start helping the dog to get up on that box and get off on that box to go back and forth. You can start doing little games like putting hiding treats ah. and having the dog go around the house and, and looking for these treats. But um Getting the dog engaged, getting the, you know, if, if the dog's just sitting there all day long in a diaper right. that, that it doesn't need, looking at its sister, okay, that um, is struggling, yeah, that's depressing. It's depressing. You know, when people are depressed, one of the things we tell them is get out and exercise. It's hard. Right. It's really hard. It's the hard. last thing you yeah. want to do. However, that's one of the huge things that's going to help you. You know, the problem is we all wait to feel just right before yeah. we do it when we need to just do it to feel just right. There we okay, go. It's the other way around. Absolutely. But anything else uh, for her? Any thoughts besides that with, with um, her dog? No, actually, I think that giving her some confidence and then I think that when we're dealing with dogs that have attention-seeking behaviors, maybe running through some of the separation anxiety protocols might be a decent idea as well. Um to let this dog know that you are able to cope and manage things on your own. What about you are what about able... what about leadership? Absolutely, yes. So what leadership talk is about important. leadership. So if the dog really sees you as a strong leader, their confidence goes way up. Absolutely. Dogs do not want to feel like you don't have their back, and they have to be responsible for everything. And this dog probably feels like, hey, I got to be responsible for my sister, and who knows what else. Dogs need to know that you're in charge. Now, that doesn't mean that you're a, you know what, a jerk. Right. Doesn't no, mean that yeah, you're dominating exactly. your dog. This is not alpha, beta, omega. Yeah, this, this is, is no, this yeah. is being a benevolent, so a caring, loving, kind, but in charge. And that's leader. what a real alpha is. Exactly. Everybody thinks alpha is this big bully that right. goes around and bullying dogs. Nope. A real alpha, the reason why the pack has his back is not just because he's in charge. It's because he's kind and caring. He protects them. He has their back. And as a result, they have his. I noticed you said he. I did say he. I did. I did say he. 
Um, what about the alpha female? There could be an alpha female, and there is. Do you know, and a lot of people don't know this, alpha male, alpha female, do you know where that originated and what it truly means? I do not. Breeding, the breeding pair. Huh. The breeding pair. But we have really uh, taken these terms and, and turned them into, you know, crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what uh, that's what you should do. Absolutely. And then Janet, she asked, what does Janet want to know? She wants us to kind of go through the callback and recall training. Um, I can, I can, yeah, I can give you a couple pointers and tips. And then also she said, uh, what about Barkers? I adopted two beautiful, loved half dachshund. And, uh, when I take them for a walk, uh, they see any person and they bark. That's another thing. Yeah, talk absolutely. About. You want to you want to talk about the recall real quick? Yeah, I'll talk Let, about the what, recall. What about really restrained fast. recalls? Those are, uh, are really those good. are really good. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a really good one: restrained recalls. So you and a friend, uh, you know, boyfriend, son, daughter, cousin, uncle, grandma, just you and another person, are gonna sit down on the ground about twenty feet apart from each other, and one of you is holding the dog, the other one is getting that dog's attention. You know, like making noises. Hey, hey, getting their attention, tapping the ground, getting a toy, getting treats, something like that. Now the person that's holding the dog, this dog's going to start getting excited and trying to get away from you. Then you let the dog go. As soon as you let the dog go, the other person says, come or here, and then marks that behavior with a marker word, which would be like, yes, nice, wow, great, things like that. Um, I actually just heard a new one the other day that I really like. One of my clients is using the word joy no. for their other dog. And I was like, huh, I've never heard that. I like that one. Um, So you use that marker word, and when they get to you, you give them a treat. And you turn them around, and you do it again over and over and over again. You slowly increase the distance, and you're building a restrained recall because it's dogs have this oppositional reflex that they inherently want to fight against. So when I'm holding them and they want to get to something and I let them go, they're going to sprint, which is teaching the dog not only to come when called, but also to come at a run, not a walk. So, And the other thing that I would mention, especially for people that might have a brand new puppy, okay, but this is not exclusive to puppies. This could be for any dog. Capturing. Right. Capturing. If yep. you don't know what capturing is... What that means is your dog offers a behavior you did not ask for, but it's a behavior that we would be training, such as the recall. But dogs and puppies, they come running to you many times throughout the day. You never asked them to come to you, but they come running to you. Maybe you were at the refrigerator and they came running, yeah. right? Or maybe you opened up a bag of Doritos and, you know, they think it's their treat bag and they come running to you. Well, anytime they come running to you, you can capture that behavior as a recall. And you can label it. So as they come running to you, you go here or come. And then when they get to you, you can mark and reward them. Um, and you can do that over and over yeah. and start making that association so they understand that, hey, moving into you and the word here or the word come mean the same thing. Absolutely. And when I do that, I get a reward. Um, and so you can capture that and that just gives you more opportunities to be able to make that association and strengthen um, that recall with them um, but then you know the biggest thing is you have got to once you've got them coming in 
where there's little to no distractions, you've got to create insane amounts of distractions. Make sure you've got a long line on the dog. Yes. 15, 20, 30 foot leash. Don't try to do this without a leash because if your dog does not come into you, you need to have a way to make it happen. And when you make it happen, you're going to give a tug on that line. You are going to start running backwards away from your dog. A moving target is a target they're more interested in getting to. So you start running backwards. Make sure when you practice this, you've got a line on your dog. That's really, really important. People try to do these things off-leash. Um, and, yeah, they're lucky. If, if it works once or twice, they're lucky. But there's many times the dog's going to get distracted and – the dog's not going to do it, and you lose, and you don't want to lose. You want to make sure that you set yourself up to win each and every time. I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. We need to take a quick break. We've got to go to news, but when we come back after news, we'll be taking more of your calls and talking about how to introduce two new dogs to each other. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Would you like to go on walkies? Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangura. And I'm Jordan Marsteller. And you're listening to Pet Talk Today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls in, answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. We also do a live or a Facebook live feed. You can go to the Pet Talk Today Facebook page and not only listen to us, but uh, you can see what's going on and you can get a little bit of an idea of what happens behind the scenes uh, when we're not at commercial break, when we are not at the news. We're talking to the folks on, on Facebook. Um, do you have a crazy cat or a dog that's out of control? Are you fed up with your pets just not listening? Uh, maybe you got a problem with your dog pulling you down the street. Maybe you got dogs that are fighting. Maybe you got a cat that's spraying everywhere, not using the litter box. Um, doesn't matter what kind of pet you have. Doesn't matter what kind of problem you have. That's what we do here at Pet Talk today. If you've got a question and you would like some help finally putting an end to these nuisance behaviors, give us a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. If you're outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866 866- Five three six eleven hundred. Also, we have a podcast, the Pet Talk Today podcast, um, where we take the radio show and we record each show and we upload those to our podcast. So you don't ever have to miss an issue. Uh, you can go to any one of the podcast hosting platforms, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, you name it, we are on all of those platforms. You can do a search for Pet Talk today. Um, before we went to the news, um, we were answering some questions uh, from Facebook. But when we started the show today, I said, you know, one of the things that I think would be interesting to talk about um, would be how to introduce two dogs yeah. you've never met. And that could be in two different ways. It could be... Um, 
I am an owner of a single dog household, and um, I know somebody who's who has a dog, and we want to get our dogs together. That's one scenario. The other scenario is um, I've got a single dog at my home, and I decide, okay, I'm either going to get another rescue dog or I'm going to buy a puppy from a breeder, but I'm going to bring a second dog into the home. How do you handle that? Absolutely. And Um, and, and let's just add a little caveat to that. How do you handle that if you've got maybe a dog that's a little nervous, Mm. maybe a little shy, maybe even a tiny bit reactive from, from fear? Absolutely. That happens a lot. So what are some of the things that we don't want to do? Let's I talk was actually about, just about to say, I right? want to talk about some of the things yeah. that I see people do that all they the time do. or they talk about all the time. For example, a big one, Yeah, a big one. And a lot of people don't realize that this actually is not a good idea is people go, oh, dogs say hello by sniffing each other's butts. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take my dog and I'm going to walk him into the room. And I'm going to have the other person turn their dog around and hold them there so that the other dog can come up behind and sniff this other dog's butt. Are you serious? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I have so much. They hold their dog and let the other dog sniff their dog's butt, thinking this is how they say hello. Now, imagine if – no, I won't even go. Yeah, there. right. <laughs> just, 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 keep, yeah. just keep going. Forget and, it. Forget I said anything. And, you know, that's 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 terrible. That's a terrible idea. Yes, there are lots of hormones and pheromones that dogs release from their anal glands. Absolutely. And checking status. Exactly. Precisely. They're checking to see if, you know, is this is this animal intact? You know, is it male or female? Lots of other things. But – you can't force that. What's his bank account? Uh, right. <laughs> How many bones does it have? Yes. <laughs> He's definitely pro bone, though. <laughs> but um, seriously, though, like you've you've now I've seen so many dogs that are absolutely fine if I approach them from the front and mm. I'm petting them from the front. But the second I reach behind them, sure, woo, they will rip your face off. And that's the same for another dog. Do not hold your dog and allow another dog to come up behind them. That they they are completely out of control of that situation. That is how you get bit. That is how another dog gets bit. That is anxiety. That is asking for anxiety from your dog. You know, one of the things that I always tell people is that when you're introducing two dogs, um you don't just allow them to come into their personal Yeah, like space. the exact opposite. You there's no you can't just have them come on. Well, head here's to the head. thing. We don't always assume always assume that there's going to be a fight and it's not right. going to work out. And you need to when you're introducing two dogs, um assume the worst. Be, and why do I say to do that? Cuz I'm overly cautious yep. and I don't want a dog fight to screw up your dog. And it can screw up your dog for the and rest of the It takes one. It takes one sometimes, and it imprints on their nervous system. So one of the first things that you want to do, and they need to be on leash, people, you get the dogs and you bring them together, and you stop short of them being able to have contact. Now, where you stop short, is it two feet from each other, five feet, ten feet, fifteen feet? Um, you are better off starting off at a further distance. And when your dog sees the other dog, if your dog seems to be in a good place, go ahead and mark and reward your dog. 
for good behavior. Absolutely. And one of the things that you want to do is then you bring them a little bit closer and turn them away. Yeah, turn them away. Relieve that pressure. And then bring them back together, not completely. You can go a little bit closer and then turn them away. And then turn back towards each other and bring them even a little bit closer. They still haven't connected and turn them away. So as you're getting closer and closer, you're getting a read for each dog's response to the other dog being there. You can take a look at their body language. Okay. Obviously, if you're seeing signs of aggression, get out of there. Get out of there. You're not going to don't 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 have your dog meet another dog that's showing signs of aggression. Why would you do that? Right. And, and you know, uh, additionally, I think it should be noted that when we say that you're getting closer and closer, we don't mean head-on either. Head-on interactions between dogs, face-to-face, direct eye contact in canine body language is extremely intense. It doesn't necessarily mean aggression, but what it does mean is whatever follows is amplified. Anything that comes after. So if... If right after direct eye contact, your dog starts growling, yeah, he's like, no, I am not okay with this dog. If directly after direct eye contact, your dog starts displaying calming signals, then you know that it's probably safe bet that this dog is okay with this other dog, but you don't want to risk it. You don't want them coming head on, face to face, because dogs, they start getting restrained and they're excited to get there and one of the dogs is going to start pulling to the end of the leash and, you know... Front paws are going to come off the ground, and that looks like an attack. This other dog may perceive that as an attack. And as a result, what could have been a wonderful situation might have just been ruined by improperly read body language. So when you're coming closer and closer, you want to make it parallel. And you're walking back and forth, getting closer and closer. And then when you turn around, you just walk so they're away. facing they're facing sideways, parallel, right. and they're moving back and forth, right, in a straight line, like a hundred, making you know, going twenty feet one direction, exactly. then doing a U-turn, going twenty feet the other direction. They're side by side, and little by little, they're getting closer and closer. Absolutely, we're watching the reaction of the dogs. If there is a reactive situation, we're going to take them further apart. Absolutely. Now the other thing, the other thing, I know this blows people's minds. You don't have to introduce them that day. Nope. You can just get them close to each other in close proximity and start doing some obedience work and trying to see if you can keep your own dog focused and give them rewards. And then as they're exposed to the other dog, if they don't see that other dog being reactive, if that other dog is calm and relaxed and that dog is calm and relaxed, that becomes their experience. And you can do that over a day, two, three. There's no rule that says you have to have them connect that first day. Right. And a lot of times you're going to be better off if you don't. Because here's the thing. I will never let my dog meet another dog that's excitable. If, if, if that other dog's not calm, my dog will not get to meet them. If my dog's not calm, their dog will not get to meet my dog. I do not want excitable Greetings, because that can be misread quickly. You know, you've got a dog that might be a little bit nervous, and all of a sudden you got a dog that's stiff and, and moves really fast. Yep. Uh, because it's not relaxed yet, and that fast movement might set off the other dog, and then all of a sudden there's a growl, and then that growl sets off the other dog, 
and then the next thing you know, the other dog's growling, and then boom, maybe we've got a fight. Yeah, and what's crazy is that chain of events can occur in mere moments. Oh, we're we're talking less than a second. Yeah. Less than a second. That that definitely can happen. Um, so very fast. It, and it's, it, it's strangely enough, you know, I've been in a lot of high intense situations. I've been in a lot of, you know, adrenaline pumping moments. And typically speaking, and everybody, everybody's experiences, time kind of slows down, you know? Yeah. But when it comes to dogs fighting, it happens so fast. Oh, absolutely. Every time. Absolutely. Hey, we've got to go take a break. Absolutely. Um, we've got to hear from our sponsors so we can keep the lights on and pay the bills. I'm your host, Will Bangura. And I'm Jordan Marsteller. And you're listening to Pet Talk today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about how to introduce dogs that don't know each other to each other so don't go anywhere we'll be right back Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangora. And I'm Jordan Marsteller. And you're listening to Pet Talk Today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. If you've got a question about your dog, maybe you are just fed up with a behavior that has been going on forever and you just can't seem to get your dog to stop. Maybe you feel like your dog's the most stubborn dog in the world. It just doesn't listen. Hey, we want to talk to you. Give us a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, that number to call is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. If you're outside of Phoenix, you can call us toll-free. That number is 866 536 1100. Give us a call. If you're on Facebook, watching us on our Pet Talk Today Facebook page, we've got our live Facebook Live going on right now. Feel free. If you've got a question, you can call. Don't be shy. You can call. Or if you're, if you are a little shy, go ahead and type your question in the comments yeah. and we will try to uh, get to that. Before we went to break, we were talking about the do's and don'ts of introducing two dogs that have never met before. One of the things we talked about was making sure they're on leash. Yep. One of the things we talked about was that um, you don't actually initially want them to connect. So we don't get them so close that they can have contact. We start at a distance. We are starting parallel. We're not facing them directly. We're sideways facing both dogs at a distance. And we just start moving them back and forth, walking them or healing them back and forth. And little by little, they get closer and closer and closer and closer, so they close that gap. While that's happening, you are watching the demeanor of your dog. You're watching the demeanor of that other right. dog. If you start seeing stress signals. Now, that's what I was going to ask, actually. Right. I was actually going to ask that, was what should they be looking for? Right. So one of the things, obviously, there's some big signs. A dog growling. Yeah. A dog barking, showing its teeth. Right. right? Um, a dog drooling, who's oh, having gosh. a major panic attack, okay? Um, your dog's ears might be pinned back, okay? Um, your dog's tail might be straight up and having these little, teeny, short little wags, okay? That's not a good wag. Nope. And your dog's tail could be down and tucked. Okay. Um, your dog could be doing what's called whale eye. 
where the Ooh. eyes are huge and you're seeing the whites of the eyes. Now that means the dog's about ready to, yep. to bite the dog. Now there are some other signs. For example, when your dog meets a new dog, usually they're excited. And that means that their heart rate has increased. That means that their respiration has increased. So that dog should be panting. You got a dog in a situation like that. Mouth is closed. You're looking at their belly. They got Staring these right short, on. these short, shallow breaths. That is a very, very stressed out dog. Um, there's some other subtle things, real subtle stress signals that are much more difficult to see. Jordan, you want to go through a couple of them? Yeah, absolutely. These are I, tough to see though. No, some of, some of these really, really small little things. One thing that, especially if you're, if you're stand, if you're standing still, this is one that you're going to be able to notice. Watch your dog's eyes because above their eyes, you're going to see this tension around their eyeballs. If you're seeing that tension where the muscles literally around their eye socket are nice and tight and taut, like if they just look flexed almost as if they're scrunching their forehead, yeah, that's not a good sign either. That is not a good sign. Now, there are some subtle things that you can be looking for that are good. Another one, real quick, before we move off of stress signals, maybe the hair on the back on their along their spine if that is raised that's a that's a pretty common one that most people know piloerection yes is the technical term for that um now another thing look at your dog's body posturing right a dog whose arms are in front of their shoulders so uh the best way to explain it, it's really it's really hard to kind of paint that picture but if their arms are in front of their they're shoulders. Bowing they're, like, yeah, they're bowing down. They're bowing down. So the front yeah. is lower than their back. That is good. That is a happy play bow. If right. the feet, their paws, right. are in front of the line. So if you draw a line from the shoulders down, the dog's kind of bowing down, and the front paws are in front yep. of the shoulder. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But if it's the other way where it looks like they're moving forward, like – like their body, their, their it's energy like says, it's like their, their energy is forward. So if you draw that straight line from the shoulders to the ground, but the paws are behind it, that is a dog that is, that is posturing up and showing its chest. This is a dog that is saying, yeah, I want to get to you, but it's not in a way that I'm saying, Hey, look at me. Let's play. This is a dog that's saying, look at me. Look how big I am. See my big chest. See all the power that I have? I'm ready to push off and take off. Whereas a play bow, I'm ready to go the other direction, to run around and play. Now, some of the other small things that you can look at. Yawns. A yawn is a appeasement sign, also known as a calming signal. This is a dog that is saying, I am not a threat. This, depending on the context, could also be taken as a stress signal. It could be. But typically speaking... If your dog is yawning at another dog, he's trying to say, I'm not going to attack you, but he might be kind of scared and that's why he's yawning. Appeasement signals, they can't, they are very context specific. Now, another very subtle sign that you can be looking for. If as your dogs look at each other, one of the dogs looks away, it's very, very quick. They're going to look the other direction, the opposite way from your dog. That's called a look away. That is also a calming signal. A look away is a way that a dog says, hey, I don't want to lock eyes with you. I don't want to threaten you. 
I am not a threat to you. Let's be friends. Typically speaking, a look away is going to be a give and receive signal. Okay. So one dog will do it. And then hopefully the other dog's going to do it back. And now I tend to mix these two up sometimes. So I'm going to let you talk about these two, mm-hmm. the lip licking versus tongue flicks. I mix those two up quite often by mistake. Well, here's the problem, though. You've got some experts that are calling those calming signals, and yeah. you've got some experts calling those stress signals. Exactly. That's okay. what's very confusing um, about I that. call those stress signals. I do not call those calming signals. Now, interestingly enough, and, and gosh, this is a whole other topic. we got to research this, but uh, there's somebody out there. I just recently read an article, and they said, should we be calling these stress signals and calming signals? Hmm. Interesting because he's got a different take on it and, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that. I call those stress signals. Right. Personally, I, the way I look at it, the way I see it in the context, um, they look more like stress signals, uh, to me. They, they really do. And, and if I look at the context of when it happens, mm-hmm. it does seem like a stress signal. For example, there was a, uh, a, my dog actually, my home dog, Harley. Yeah. Um, she is, she has anxiety. Mm-hmm. She's on Prozac, believe it or not. Uh, another topic for a different day. Um, but she does have anxiety. And one day, uh, after, uh, she had, uh, been put up into her kennel, right? So she, she also has separation anxiety. So she was a little stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been working through it. I let her out of her kennel when I got home. And every time that I pet her, every single time that my hand went onto her head, boop, tongue flick. Tongue yeah. flick. It's every not, time it's that not I pet like, her. See, here's the thing. If you did that, and afterwards, when you were done, she gave a tongue flick. Right. In that context, I would say, okay, it's a calming, calming signal. But she was freaked out by the hand exactly. reaching towards her. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I, I don't know. I'd love to be able to talk to some of these behaviorists that are calling those things um, calming signals. Right. Because I don't buy it. I don't get it. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, that is a stress signal. Hey, yeah. we've got a question from one of our Facebook viewers, and that's from Mary. And Mary's asking, how do you keep your cat off the table? Ooh, I've got a couple ways you can fix that. One, you can take some double-sided tape. Yeah. Put that double-sided tape all around on the table. They're going to step on that. They're not going to like that. Another option, tinfoil. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, sticky loud, slippery type things that can be on the table. The cats are not going to enjoy stepping on these things. Exactly. And then what you can do, you know, you start off with a lot of that double-sided tape or you start off with a lot of aluminum foil. And then over time, I'm talking over a week's time, take a little bit of the tape off. And then a week later, take a little more tape off. And a week later, a little more. Same thing with aluminum foil. Have a lot on the table. Then make it a smaller piece of aluminum foil in a week. And then a week later, make it smaller. If your cat is staying off the table, okay? Then, of course, there's the good old water sprayer. Yep. Okay? Basically, if you want to stop a behavior that you don't like, something unpleasant needs to happen. Now that something unpleasant should be tempered for each pet's individual temperament. We don't want to do anything that's going to cause fear. That's a no-no. We don't want to do anything that's going to cause pain. That's a no-no. We don't want to do anything that's going to cause intimidation. That's a no-no. But animals learn by consequences. Absolutely. We are out of time. It's been another great show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today at Pet Talk Today. Um, We will be back next Saturday. 
Um, if you've got a particular topic that you would like us to cover, you can send us an email, that email to info at PetTalkToday.com. That's info at PetTalkToday. We'd love to hear um, your suggestions for topics. And uh, if we like your suggestion, then we'll go ahead and uh, use your topic into one of our shows. Um, Brittany's off today. I didn't say anything about Brittany. Brittany, I hope you're having a great weekend. I think she's going to California to visit her mother. But uh, we'll be back next Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend, everybody. The information and opinions you hear on this radio show are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of KFNX, its affiliates, management, or advertisers.